You're listening to Leveling Up, and I'm Arielle, be your host. Hey, welcome to Leveling Up with Arielle Miller. I'm Arielle, and I'm going to be your host. This is episode Begin Anywhere to Get Everywhere. I wanted to go ahead and talk about a recent development in my life that I am super psyched to share with you. And for those of you who know me personally, get ready because you're going to go ahead and lose your shit when I share this. So this girl, the voice you hear right now, has become a runner. Yep, that's right. I said that. You heard that correctly. I am now a runner. I want to share how this recent development in my life has happened because I think that what has happened for me is a level of success that can be duplicated amongst the masses so that you can go ahead and experience this kind of success that I have recently um, started to experience with respect to running. So let me kind of back up and give you the backstory here. So it was a Sunday and the husband turns on Netflix and I love watching documentaries and he's not really as into documentaries as I am, but you know, he'll watch like fitness documentaries with me and CrossFit documentaries. But we landed on from Fat to Finish Line and Fat to Finish Line is a documentary about the Ragnar Relay race and it featured 12 people that had lost 1,200 pounds through running, and this was kind of like their coming out, if you will. And the way Ragnar works, for those of you who don't know, is it's an endurance company, and they put on a series of races all over, I guess, internationally at this point. Now they're in Mexico, and there's two styles of race. There's Ragnar Relay and Ragnar Trail, and I've done them both. The relay is my personal favorite. It is comprised of two vans, six people in each van, and you run 200 miles as a team of 12 people. So van one will run, and everybody will run once. Van two then will meet van one, and then van two will go and run their legs while van one drives up ahead and meets van two. So basically what you're doing is you're living in a van for 24 hours. That's how long the race takes. You're shitting in porta-potties. You're eating at crappy restaurants. You're sore. You're sweaty. You don't shower. You are completely exhausted, but you're on this incredible high because you are in close proximity to people, hopefully, that you love. And that's the key. If you're going to ever do something like this, You've got to saddle up with people that you know that you could be very, very close to for 24 hours and see them at their utter worst. That includes smelling them, that includes dealing with their personality, like all of that. But what I will say is that the Ragnar races are very, very fond memories for me. I've enjoyed them tremendously. And I did trail and trail is a little different where you camp and you run in a series of three different loops and you run three times, a red loop, a green loop, and a yellow loop. Obviously the colors indicate difficulty. And I just didn't feel that the sense of camaraderie that I felt from running uh, Ragnar Relay, but they're both amazing races. So in any case, I happened to come across this documentary on a Sunday. The backstory here that I think is important is... I have spent my entire 37 years of my life subscribing to the negativity I have told myself that I am not a runner. I'm not a runner. I'm not good at running. I'm not built for running, period. Now, I'm not a negative person, but I do 
believe in being realistic. So I believe as a trainer and a fitness professional and as a coach that bodies have natural predispositions to certain sports. For example, a long distance athlete, like a cross country athlete, is going to be significantly leaner than a sprinter who's going to be very glute dominant. And that's because of the different musculature that is used for the level of speed versus, you know, needing to go the distance, all puns intended. If you look at a soccer player's body compared to a volleyball player's body, the bodies look distinctly different. I'm barely 5'1". That's not to say that I'm limited, but let's be real here. I wasn't going to get a college scholarship for basketball or volleyball. I've soccer and lacrosse. And in my adulthood, as much as I've, I've played some of the, I still played soccer and I played lacrosse, I evolved into what I consider more of a long, um, sport of longevity for me, which was weightlifting. And I am designed to move load. I have glutes and I'm very glute dominant and that's your powerhouse. That's your power center. And I have a low center of gravity because I'm short. Like my deadlift is literally like two feet off the ground. It's almost comical at this point. So I have inadvertently convinced myself that I can't run because I'm too heavy. I don't do this. I suck at cardio. And I would tell this to myself over and over and over and over again, that this was why I couldn't be successful. And I watched this documentary and I was blown away at the positivity, but blown away at the humility that these people had to say at over 200 and 300 pounds that they want to make a change and they made the change and they committed to it. And that's my thing is that as a coach and as a teacher and as a fitness professional, my whole life is about change. Is that people come to you at their most vulnerable as an English teacher, as an ELD, English language development teacher, the kids are learning English. Like they come to you at their most vulnerable, but the difference between succeeding and not succeeding is the desire to want to transform. Because if nothing changes, nothing changes. So while I may be experiencing a recent frustration with my physique, and, and I'm not going to say frustration because I look in the mirror and I'm like, you are a beautiful, badass bitch. But I want to make changes. I've recently gained some weight. Okay, big deal. This is my meat suit. It doesn't define me. That's not my legacy. But there's that but is that I want to feel good. I want to move better in this body. And I know that I'm not at my best self right now because I'm an athlete and I could do something so much better. So with that being said, I, I have a, a standard of excellence for myself that I uphold. And that means that if I want to go ahead and elevate myself and then level myself up, I'm going to have to make changes. I'm going to have to do something different. So what that means is changing my behavior and my attitudes. If I do the same thing over and over and over and over again and expect something to change, that's just lunacy. It's ludicrous. It makes no sense. So what had really hit me deep in this documentary was that I had become keenly aware of the excuses I had made for myself. I had hid behind my weight and I didn't have an excuse to hide behind my weight. So Monday morning or Monday afternoon, rather, after work, I put on my running, my running sneakers, grabbed my headphones, and I ran. 
And I said to myself, I'm going to run for 15 minutes. I don't care how far. I don't care how fast. I'm just going to go ahead and run for 15 minutes nonstop and see how that goes and meet that goal and achieve that goal. So I went out and I ran for 15 minutes and I felt so good that I ran for five more. So I ran for 20 minutes and I came home and I said to my husband, I said, I just ran for 20 minutes and I think I liked it. True story. I'm not even kidding. That was what I said to him. I was like, I just ran and I think I liked it. And for the first time in my 37 years, and I mean this in earnest, was the very first time I had ever run and actually associated it with positive feelings. And I think what I can say is that conclusively that is because I went into it with a positive mindset. I went into it thinking that I'm going to do this and I can do this. But importantly, or to note here of great importance rather, is that I set up a way for myself in order to achieve success. I picked a small manageable goal, 15 minutes, so that I would experience a level of success to continue to motivate and encourage me to want to run the next day. Had I have set the lofty goal of running five miles or for 60 minutes, I would have set myself up for failure. Is it possible that I could have very well achieved those things? Absolutely. However, would I have put myself in a position where it would have perhaps depleted me to do so? I think the answer would have been yes. I think why I am on this runner's high right now is because from the get-go, I set myself up for success by accepting to meet myself where I was at this beginning, hence beginning anywhere, and knowing that this is my starting point in order to get everywhere, and that if I truly want to make changes in my life, whether they're physical, emotional, mental, professional, that I need to go ahead and make changes. So for me, that was starting something that I haven't really ever committed to in my life and seeing where that took me and that was running. So I wanted to share the documentary, which by the way, this is not an ad and I'm not sponsored in any sort of respect because in the role that I assume in my life as a coach, as a podcast host, as a teacher, as a fitness professional, as whatever you want to say, someone with a very um, visible persona, people will reach out to me frequently telling me how inspired they are about the things that I do and by my life. Yet they're not thriving. And the conversation usually circles back to being stuck, feeling worthless, low self-esteem. And these are things that are really inward jobs. You can't change your self-esteem because you cut your hair, dye your hair, and buy some clothes. Okay. Like you can put a pig in a dress. It's still a pig. It doesn't matter. It's just a pig wearing a dress. And I'm not giving this example. I live in the country people. So like there are pigs and farms and things like that. But my point of what I'm saying is, is a spade is a spade. We need to go ahead and truly make changes. We can't just disguise it and mask it by putting something over it like a bandaid. So the true transformation has to come from the inward growth to shine outwardly. People will frequently say how they're inspired, yet don't change their behavior. And that's frustrating for me 
Because I will tell people, I will look them in the face and I'll say, but you're not inspired. You're still miserable. You're still doing the same things over and over and over again. Because if you were inspired, you would have actually changed your behavior. We would have altered the patterns, the pre-existing patterns and habits and thinking in order to go ahead to achieve what you're looking to achieve. Therefore, you're, you're obviously not inspired. And it seems like a really blunt, harsh thing to say to someone, but it's not. It's just being real and pointing out to people that inspiration to be inspired means that there it sends off a ripple effect that there's a chain of events that are now launched as a result of said inspiration. So if you're truly inspired by something, it's going to have a positive effect on you, motivate you and be there for you to go ahead and push you to move forward. That's what it really means to be inspired. Now, you have to set yourself up for sustainable success. That only happens if you give yourself these small measurable benchmarks to reach and achieve. Now, setting the bar too low isn't going to allow you the opportunity to actually grow. But recognizing that the starting point is just that, it's a starting point. That's your ground zero. From there, it always, always, always gets better. All you have to do is just do it again or show up again or recommit. That's all change requires is for you to go ahead and alter your pre-existing attitude or behavior. And after a while, what you'll notice is that this transformation has occurred all because you just showed up. You were present mentally, emotionally, and physically. And that's all it takes. Now, what I will say about my journey on running is that now I am jonesing for it. Like I, and, and I want to just again be candid, I'm not, I'm not putting any real distance down or even real time. It has nothing to do with that and everything about how it's making me feel. Like I go out and I run and I have these conversations with myself that have been so deep and personal and powerful that I'm so grateful for that time that I've had. As a matter of fact, I saw my first tarantula in real life. Granted, it was dead. It's a tarantula migration where I live. Again, I live in the country. There was a potato bug today. They're also known as Jerusalem crickets. They are horrifying, by the way. I mean, listen, if you are truly looking for uh, the wild, wild west, um, I'm living it. It's in San Ynez, California, my friends. So um, come join me. So I have enjoyed the running because it has allowed me to find this sense of solace that I think I've been searching for, but also it's, it's ignited this sense of compassion that I didn't realize that I wasn't perhaps extending to myself. For example, there were two times that I went out and ran on Saturdays, ironically enough, which are my days where I'm not working full time and just teaching a yoga class, but where both days I went out to go run and was inundated by heaviness of my legs and heaviness of my heart and my mind. And it just wasn't happening. And then I kept pushing it and pushing it and I would like run and then I would walk and then I would run and I would walk. And then I finally just said, nah, uh -uh. you're banging your head against the wall. This just isn't working. Why are you going to force it? Just recognize that maybe you're tired. 
your body is clearly talking to you and you need to listen. That doesn't mean that you're like, my body is talking, it says tacos. No. It's listening to those those cues that sometimes we ignore. For example, had I have been pushing and pushing and pushing, that's where injury happens. That's where overuse happens. And, and that's where a souring of a love happens. So this new journey has been inspired by a documentary that I saw and it started to launch a series of events into action. And it's been absolutely transcendent to watch. I want us to remember a few different things as we move into our lives beyond this podcast leveling up is that we all have a place where we begin and the beginning is the hardest part, but just know that that is your lowest point. And from there, it's always going to get better. And if you want things to get better, you absolutely need to commit And know that if you don't change anything, nothing will ever change in your life. Because you've got to begin just anywhere to get everywhere. Thank you so much for tuning in to Leveling Up with Ariel Miller. As always, Angel Faces, it has been a pleasure to share this with you. Please go ahead and check me out on Instagram at Ariel underscore Miller. Love you, mean it. Talk to you soon. Mwah!